movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Hey, Rossi. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you good. All right. Thanks for being on the show. I know this is a little bit different than what we normally do. I just thought I would try something out, something different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, welcome to Stereo. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, this is a movie that I'm, I've been excited to talk about since like last week when we first talked about wanting to do this, to be honest with you. Right. Um, but, you know, this movie actually stars, you know, and it has a pretty good star list and everything. If you actually think about it, you have Matthew McConaughey that's in this movie. Then, of yep. course, you have um, Jennifer Ta- Jason uh, Lee. Yep. And, of course, this movie's called White Boy Rick. It takes place in the 1980s, which is something that I really liked. I like the nostalgia factor for it. Um, right. This is, get this. This movie was actually at the Telroid Film Festival on August 31st of 2018 and was released in the United States on September 14th of 2018 by Sony. It received okay. mixed reviews from critics and grossed over $25 million dollars on 25 million and 4 million short of its 29 million dollar budget. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But overall, I think this movie was really good though. <laughs> I I watched it uh this morning and um I really liked it. I it, you know, it 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 goes at a pretty uh steady pace. Um, I wasn't expecting what I got in the beginning. Um, I wasn't expecting for him to actually be working with the feds. So I'm like, where's this going? I thought he was like supposed to be some, you know, uh, drug dealer, whatnot. And so, yeah, it was really, really interesting and very good. I, I definitely have to say it was really good. I loved how at the very start of it, it shows Rick and his dad, Rick Sr., over at the gun shop and everything. And he's, you have this one guy who's just a crooked dealer who is basically just saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is an AK-47 from Russia or something like that. And right. he's like, no, there's no way that's an AK-47 for Russia or anything. <laughs> that's just a straight-up AK that you're trying to rip off everybody. And exactly. he goes, well, you see that security guard over there? <laughs> and he goes, if... um." If you don't leave, I'm going to get that security guard to leave. He goes, well, if you don't uh, sell it to us for the regular price, you know, we're going to have to go on ahead and tell the security guard that you've been ripping off people. Right. So, so of course, Rick winds up with a handgun and two AK-47s. Yes. So I definitely love that. I love that part. And, you know, first of all, I thought Matthew McConaughey, I think he's such a great actor and he did such a good mm-hmm. job portraying Rick's dad. 
um, very believable. Uh, uh, Richie Merritt, who plays Rick, great actor, but they then um, go home and Rick takes the two AKs and takes them to a friend of his at a, I think it was like a body shop or a, you know, mechanic shop. And that's where, for me, the story starts to, mm-hmm. you know, unwind. Yes. De- definitely. It does start off like a little bit of a slow pace in a certain aspect yes, of it, it because you don't know what. I like that uh, slow burn type of feel. And also, too, it feels like an indie film for sure, the way it was filmed. Absolutely. It actually feels like it was. I love films that makes us sit in like the 80s and actually feels like the 80s. The way it was shot yes. in like the 80s. Yes, absolutely. I thought the um the wardrobe um and like you said, it did look it looked like you're watching the eighties. Um the cars, um the like I said, the the costumes, everything. The whole atmosphere was the eighties. And I like how they gradually take you from I think it started in eighty four where we yeah, start at and in and, and yep. eighty four and then gradually takes you to eighty five and whatnot. Um so yeah, and the whole indie feel of the movie, absolutely. I got, I definitely got that. Me too. I actually get this. I actually thought it was really cool on how they actually do that because sometimes <laughs> it doesn't feel like the eighties, and it says that it's the eighties, but the way it was shot frame by frame, it feels like the eighties. Yes. I'm just eating the nostalgia factor out of it because I love eighties movies. And absolutely, you know, this is actually where it picks up, like you said, where Rick. Uh, senior is actually manufacturing gun parts and sells guns illegally to make ends meet and involves his son right. and a seal of AK-47s with a local gangster named Johnny Curry. And right. of course, I love how Rick is trying to sell them on si- the silencers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there's something that you want to add to that one? Because I think that you well, um, I like the fact of, of how the the kid seems like a really confident kid, you know, very quiet. But I guess he, you know, you get that he'd been going to these gun shows with his dad for a long time. So he knew about the guns and the the silencer that he offers them. And I like the way that the guys are kind of um, the way that they're looking at him. Like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, you, you know, <laughs> right. like you're just going to walk up in here and, you know, what I mean, just like this white guy around all these other black guys. But his confidence was just like, it was awesome. Right. And just like Johnny said, you made the one thing that Johnny had said back when he was first introduced to himself, you may walk like us, but you're not one of us. Exactly. Right. Walk and talk like us, but you're not us. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because their jail time is different than if he gets caught and he gets jail time. And so they wanted to make that very clear with him. And then, it, you know, so he's doing a gun thing and, I think a little bit after that is when the feds entered the whole picture and it happens right, because, fast because, because you, you don't, he doesn't do any, you know what I mean? He doesn't do anything. So you're wondering what, what do they have to do with him? Why are they picking this kid up? Exactly. Because he's just, he you know, feels like he's out of place. He doesn't belong there. Like the, uh, absolutely. Like yeah. said, because he stands out, you No, know, you know, you get a kid that's white going into the, right. This, uh, Black Salesian is what I call it because of the arcades and stuff like that. Right, right. And, you know, of course, it's like an, it's a front, but he goes in there and he has to try and persuade them to buy the silencers with, and also the AKs. And his he even asks his dad, he goes, how the hell do I sell this, sell the silencers with the AKs? Right. There's no way they're going to go for it. He said, you have right. to act like that they can't live without it and everything. And Very, right. That. I forgot that part. Right, right. And... You know, I like how the feds intervene with that because, like, okay, wh- like you said, what's this white kid doing in here and stuff like that? And then once yeah. you find out that Rick's in trouble because Rick Sr. put him up to the fact with selling the AK-47s with the silencer. Also, too, he has a sister that's also a drug addict. And yes, too. yes. Especially whenever the father, um, especially when they come home and, she, and he goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> he goes, right. I thought you were supposed to be at the gun show all day. He goes, well, it's all day. We're back now. We're back now. <laughs> and she's on a couch with, with this loser guy that she's totally in love with. And the guy gets up and he walks out and he's just like over it. 
And that's, I mean, it looks like the sister's downfall had already started when we're watching the film, but you really get to see, because she leaves after that. She hates her dad. She calls him a loser. She hates her life. And, but she loves this guy who she ends up taking off and going to be with and, you know, delves deeper into her, her drug abuse, you know, her, her love of crack basically. Right. You know, and, and then you realize, go ahead. No, no, no. Go on ahead. I want to keep keep going. Oh, the the fact that you know you also get to see that Rick and his sister have this really tight bond. She loves the hell out of the kid, but she just can't stand the father in her living conditions, and just really likes this loser dude who means more than her than, than anything. So, but I love their relationship, uh, Rick and his his sister. Right. I thought the dynamic between them two were really good and very spot on. To the fact yes. that I actually believe that they were a brother and sister. Because sometimes you get the brother right. and sister dynamic and it just doesn't work. For this one, it just right. clicks. Number one, I think the whole family thing, the, the whole family thing clicked. Because, I mean, honestly, after a while, mm-hmm. you forget that you're looking at Matthew McConaughey. You yeah, know, you, you uh, for me, it's kind of yeah. like you, you, you believe the grandparents are his grandparents. The, the whole thing just worked. It, it, it Just really mm-hmm. good. The chemistry between yeah. all of them was so real and lifelike. It it definitely was. The grandfather f- felt the most real for me. So it was uh, Rick Senior, which is played <laughs> by Matthew. Because at first, yes. I'm like, okay, that's Matthew, Matthew McConaughey and everything, you know? And then all of a yeah. sudden, it just transcends through the whole, does, yes. flips the script. Yeah. And you're automatically believing that this is actually happening. And you're witnessing right. this with them. Exactly. But, exactly. But like Johnny said, uh, here's the thing. Another thing, too, Rick becomes good friends with Johnny's brother, Boo which earns him the favor of Johnny and his crew. News of Rick's activity, uh, like you said, the FBI, uh, and he is questioned the by Fed. two agents, which is uh, Alex Snyder and Frank Beard, who see Ricky as a potential asset due to his connections right. with the criminal underworld. But at first, Rick is like, I'm not sure if I even want to get involved with this, man. I just wanted to sell the AK-47 to move on with my life. Exactly, you right. Know? Because we're basically just being arms dealers, kind of like a small. And that was it. That's and that was it. There was no drugs, you know. There was nothing else involved. And you, when you see, and like you said, he he kind of, you know, like you said, became the favorite um, of Boo's brother because he was a good friend of Boo. And you know, I don't know if you remember the part, but when they all invite him out, they go to the the roller rink Mm -hmm. and go and do that. And remember, um, he goes home and he's actually invited to the wedding. Yeah. And I remember the scene where, you know, Matthew comes in or Rick's father um, comes in and it's like, you know, where are you going? And he didn't even know that this was a big deal, that he was going to the mayor's house, uh, Rick, Ricky. And I remember when he brings it up to his dad, his dad's like, oh, you're going to, that's where the mayor lives. You know, how about I go with you and make some connections? And I felt really bad for Ricky because he couldn't do it it wasn't a good right. scene for his dad to be there and how his dad just kind of gives him that look like, you know, he's supposed to be that guy invited to, exactly. you know, to the mayor because he hustled with these guns to be that guy. At, and he's seeing his son become what he wants to become, you right. know, but still it's, stood it's by him, like you know, jealousy. still. Right. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of jealousy. You, you do get a little bit of jealousy, but he, you know, he, he loves his son. Exactly. He loves his son. It seems like you know, he's trying to be like a consigliere to his son, though, trying to guide him and mold him right. into the st- that lifestyle. If he was going right. to be a part of it, he wanted him to be molded into it. Right. But, but unfortunately. You know, <laughs> right. But I definitely love the roller skate uh, thing, though. I definitely love that. Yeah. I also like the wedding setup and everything, too, because this is where yes. it really starts getting heavy, though, with the drugs. As far yes. as going. And the fact that the feds, you know, when, when, you know, at first, you know, they pick them up, they want to do the guns thing, you know, with them and have them go. And remember they had him go do a buy to go get some, see if he can buy from the, a, a dude, whatever. And, you know, he thinks he's done with that. And then he, they pick him up again and they have this, you know, the drugs with them. And I remember him saying, you know, gosh, you guys wanted me to go and, you know, buy drugs. Now you want me to sell drugs. You know, and you have that detective or the Fed guys like you got four thousand dollars worth of drugs there. I wish I could sell it. And that's when he starts to sell the drugs because they allowed him to keep all of it. 
everything he makes from it, and 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 he does very well. He does extremely well, and also too, Matthew yeah. McConaughey's other dream was to open up a video store because in the eighties right. it was filled. And I actually did some research on how much it costs to actually run a video store, and this is just yeah me um, watching the documentary of Blockbuster on how on everything. Because mm-hmm. don't forget, everybody's saying, oh, uh, Netflix was the one who shot him down and everything, but they did a whole entire documentary of why it got shut down, and there's only one now okay. in the United States. But okay. it cost $400 million to actually, op- about $4 million or somewhere around that area, to open up a uh, video store. Really? Yep. Wow. So I-, I didn't think it'd be that much, you know? Me either, but... <laughs> uh, it costs a lot of money to actually do a video store because think of it like this: you also have to get the rights from the studios, and then after that, the there studios you. actually has to cut you a deal. So there's a lot that comes okay. in that goes into making that business. And okay. everything. I didn't think I didn't think so too until I watched the documentary on how much it actually cost. I'm like, wow. I, and then yeah, I'm I didn't think this. so. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm watching this. I'm like, dude, you're gonna need a whole lot more than. <laughs> Especially if you know that and you and you watch that and realize how much. Because honestly, I thought, you know, gosh, why don't you go into business with your dad? Because you think, you know, a little video store, you're not thinking about licenses and all that. You just think, you know, right. you get some videos, open up the store, and, and there you go. But four right. million, American okay. Dream. Right. It, it, it's like the American <laughs> dream. I'll have a couple of thousand. I'll be all right. I'll be set. I'll have my video store. Yep. My son can actually help run it. It's, it's the American right. dream kind of thing. Right. But, you know... I, I just laugh at the fact that how Rick Senior just all of a sudden out of the blue mentions a video store <laughs> as his big dream. And and he was serious. Like that was his thing. Right. And remember the boxes of videos right. that they had in the house? Right. I remember yeah. that. Um but also too, like I mentioned like you were mentioning too with the FBI agents and everything right. making him sell it and everything. And then also too, I like how Rick all of a sudden started getting the big hit. He goes, Hey, I need some ketchup on my hamburger. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. And he's like, you know, as they're talking to him, you got some fries? They give him the fries. You got some ketchup? No, we don't got any ketchup. Just eat the damn fries. And he's like, who buys French fries and don't have and don't ask for ketchup with the French fries? Which is so freaking true. (laughs) Which is so freaking true. But yeah, so yeah. I just thought it was funny. That was just a funny scene altogether. And then also too, um, like I said, Alex Snyder and Frank Beard is the two FBI agents. Uh, then, okay. of course, they actually convinced Ricky to become the undercover informant behind Rick's back in exchange for the money and immunity for his father. So Rick is doing right. this for his father to keep Absolutely. him out of jail. And that's what he's thinking of, is trying to keep his father out of jail, help him with his American dream of opening up a yep. video store. And then after he's done, he's done. He can just be with his dad and everything, and that'll be the end of it. But the deeper exactly. he gets in, he realizes that he can't get out of it because now he's connected with this crew, and this crew is now bringing in money, which is also helping right. Rick out on both ends. He's making money from the FBI and also the drug deal, the right. other thing. But so, the head of the crew, remember, he's like, you know, it. He it was getting the. Remember, Rick was at that the, his houses, you know, cutting mm-hmm. up the crack and doing that. And right. remember the guy at the, the the head of the crew. I forget his name, anyways, but um. Remember, he tells uh, Rick, you know, what was it? There you go. He's like, uh, I don't want you there. I don't want you at the houses. I don't want you doing that. And if you do decide to do that and sell, you go through me, but stay away from the houses. So that's kind of, you know, just getting a a little bit too much heat on them. And and that's when he was like, you know, you get in trouble. You get white time. You know, we get black time. And I don't need you to bring all of us down by what you're doing, basically. Right, and also, too, I also liked how he bro- broke him down with this. He goes, what, you don't think I know about what's going on in my own neighborhood? That I would just right. not know that you're selling in my houses? Right. He goes, I'm the, he's like, I'm the kingpin here. You're just the guy who's selling, and you're selling in the wrong neighborhood. And everything. And remember you, need when, sell it, you need to sell somewhere else. And remember when he brought it up to Rick, remember Rick didn't know what he was talking about because Rick thought he was talking about that he saw him getting into the car with the agents. That's what I So remember, he's kind of like, me. yeah, he's kind of like a little, he seems a little scared because he's like, he doesn't know. And I, and I was like, oh my God, please don't say, 
it's the agents. Just shut up. Don't say anything. And thank goodness he just didn't say anything and find out, okay, it was it was the crack houses. They they know about that. Exactly. Yeah. I lo- that's something that I really like, though, because I, I'm being honest with you. This is actually my third time maybe seeing it, but I still have – I'm still <laughs> on the end of my seat every single time I see that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, because it gives you chills because you don't know what yeah. to expect with the character. If this is going to be the end for Rick, even though we're only an hour in, not even an hour, and maybe about thirty minutes in, but you know there's right. more film left. But it makes you wonder: is this just flashbacks? What's going on here with Rick? What's <laughs> what's going to happen? So, exactly, yeah. because you think the guy knows, and you know if he knows, he's dead. You know, Rick's dead, and like you said. We're only a half hour into the into the movie and all this is happening. That's why I love the pace of the film. You know, the beginning's a little slow, but once it starts happening, it's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. It definitely yeah. does. It doesn't slow down either. I mean, there's no slow moments after that. No, none unless, at whatsoever. Unless you count the maybe one scene where Rick sleeps with Johnny's ex, uh, Johnny's wife. Oh right. my gosh. Oh my gosh. But... Do you remember, though, at the wedding? Was it at the wedding when he kept Uh, looking? Where was that at where he was looking at the wife? And and Johnny noticed that Ricky kept looking at at his woman. Right. Um, Yeah, they're having some type of party. And yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. There you go. And, you know, he's over there, you know, he's already getting dry humped inside the pool and everything, too. And (laughs) while he's over there getting... And while he's over there getting dry humped, and oh, wet humped, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> right? And everything, right? He's over there looking at the wife, like, "Hey, what's up? I want some of that too." Well, I'm and I'm like, but, "Dude, be careful! Like, right? Stop staring at her. You know, you're kind of nervous for the kid." Exactly, because that's something else that I want to play back though too. Like, that's like going out with Tony Soprano's wife, and you're trying to go out with her. Knowing that you can't do that, that's the boss's wife. The only way that you can right. be with her is if you whack him. And exactly. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, but yeah, we're go. Let's go ahead. Uh, but at this point, though, too, Rick. Um, we're gonna go back to that one scene where I was talking about with us just feeling like with the goosebumps and stuff like that. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually he gains enough credibility as a legitimate drug dealer. And Rick is suspicious of his son and confronts Ricky when he finds thousands of dollars in insolent cash <sighs> underneath his bed. <laughs> yes, he that kid was making so much money. And uh, oh, remember, the reason why he, he went and looked was because he was outside. He, he was uh, selling guns. The dad was selling guns to some ladies in like a parking lot. Remember, the car goes by. And he notices that Rick is in the car with those agents. And remember, right. dad's kind of looking and kind of like, what the hell? Goes home, right. searches his room, looks under his bed, thousands of dollars in a shoebox. And he's like, and dad is only against drugs. He is against right. drugs, you know? So, yeah. Even here's the thing. I know that they come from a dysfunctional family, but one thing I can yeah. respect about Rick Senior is the fact that he's trying to look out for his son, making sure he doesn't do that. And it's yes. and stuff like that. All he wants to do is sell guns, which is even worse. But it's also worse too. But it's not yes. involving drugs. But you know, he's just trying to look out for him. And Rick is like, "I'm trying to do this for you. I'm trying to help you stay out of jail, so that way you don't go back, uh, don't go back into jail, and also too, so you can open up your video store." Right, the American so, dream that he wanted. Right. And, uh, it, you know, yeah. you tell that he was kind of moved by that, in a sense, uh, Rick Sr. was. But at the same time... Yeah, at, yeah. Off. And, you know, you like you said about, you know, Rick Sr., the fact that, you know, what he was doing wasn't right. But one thing you do get throughout the film is he loves his kids. Even a daughter that's on drugs absolutely adores them and really wants the best for the kids. You know, like he is, a, you get that he's a family guy, you know, loves his mom and dad who live right across the street, you know. Um, so I did get that. Like this guy, you know, not the best father, but still, he really does love his kids and really wants the best for them. You know, what he exactly. sees, you know. Exactly. And also, too, this is also where we wind up seeing Ricky take uh, his grandfather's car 
And right. He goes to that little diner, and he actually gets a little. He gets this big old huge ass stuffed animal That's for right. his sister. That's right. That's right. The little and, the, the uh, Tweety Bird or something. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes, Don, I'm, you need to come back home. And she's like, not. She's just not having it. And you can definitely not at all. Drugs are taking. It's just wearing her out. Wow. Right. She's all pale. She's starting to look skinny. Her her. She's tweaky, like you know. She's all over the place. But he wants her to come home. And and like you said, it's not happening. She doesn't want to go back to what what where they don't have anything, basically. Right. Exactly. You know? You're lucky if you might have like a uh some sandwich meat or something like that in the Exactly. The <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so you you kind of get that, but and and even in that scene, that's when you realize how really close they are. She loves her brother. And remember, this kid is, we start out with him only being 15 years old doing all this stuff. Exactly. It's just crazy on, he was just 15 years old working with the FBI. And then he's dealing with all, all this family stuff, though, too, at the same time. And yes. trying to find his place, you know, trying to figure right. things out. Exactly. And his father also wants him to go back to school, too. He wants him to go back you to know, school quit wasting his life. I didn't even realize, honestly, that the kid wasn't going to school until they brought it up. And I'm like, oh, whoa, right. okay, so he, he, he's not going to school. He's not doing any of that. He's making money, though. Right. He's learning the street life. You know? Uh, street smart. Yeah. Rather than absolutely a book. Right. Yes. But this is, this is also, too, where things go south inside that diner because some thieves wind up <laughs> stealing the grandfather's car. Grandpa. Johnny, uh, here's the thing. Rick winds up shooting the back of the car, shattering the back yes. window. And then, of course, that's when the cops, of course, Don also has a gun, too. And... Yes. Yep. <laughs> and, and I love that and... scene that they both take guns out and start shooting at the same time. I died because, I mean, you're not expecting that. And just in public, just shooting at whoever's taking a car. And like you said, he gets they they get arrested he gets arrested yeah exactly and then the father goes what the hell are you thinking he goes i was trying to get dawn back he goes look i miss her too you know <laughs> right and he goes but you just can't go about uh doing this and then it's the next day and the grandparents wants to talk to the grandson <laughs> about why their car was missed oh, that's and, right it's like he's like you wanted to fight him Exactly. Grandpa then, like wanted to fight the boy. Like, <laughs> come here, get over here, right. come and see me, come and see me about the car. And, I, and I'm laughing because I'm like, he wants to fight this boy over the car, you know. Right. And like you said, right. I didn't steal it; I just borrowed it for a little bit, and it was stolen from me. And I liked how Matthew McConaughey replies back. He goes, "I see your point, Rick. I see it, but your parents, <laughs> your grandparents, don't see it that way." Exactly. So you- <laughs> right. Right. So you need to go and make but, amends with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and and you got to love his grandparents. Um, but from that, what gets Rick in trouble with, um, with his Johnny. gang, his crew, Johnny, I keep forgetting the dude's name. I'm sorry. But Johnny is because remember they're questioning, how did you get out of that situation so quick? Exactly. If it was one of us, we'd basically be in jail. So, you know, I mean, common sense would, would say that he's working with them. Right. Even though it was not about drugs, it was about a, him having a gun and firing right. it into an open street. It's still right. the same concept, no matter which way you look yeah, at it. From their point he of was charged with attempted murder and, and, and theft and uh, attempted assault and all that, you know, so to have charges like that and just to walk out, something's not right. Exactly. You know? And Right, and that's also, too, where he laid down the ground rules on that, too. He said, basically, he's pretty much put it, keeping closed eyes on Johnny at that, uh, not on Johnny, but on Rick at that time, though, too. Yeah, right. Uh, this is also, too, like, later on, I think maybe a course of a couple of days later or something, but they, that's when they go to Vegas at that pool park that we were talking about. Right, right, okay. I was way ahead then. Okay, that's right, because Remember the dude that um, that knew Johnny had tickets to the Tommy Hearn. I think that's his name. Yeah. The fight, the the big fight at the time in 84, 85. And anyway, so 
they're supposed to have these tickets and they get dressed up kind of like, you know, our dude in uh, um, the last movie American that we reviewed. Gangster. Right. Yeah, right. American Gangster. Yeah. American <laughs> Gangster the, the fur coats, you know, just, you know, all looking really good and get to the frickin' um, door and they're not on the, the, the reservation list. They don't have the VIP seats. No, and matter of fact, his rivals also rubbing it in their face that he's got yes. their tickets, which also rubs Johnny the wrong way, right? And everything too. The whole entire time that he's even at the at watching the watching on the TV because they know they were supposed to be there, it just pisses them off right. even more. And then at the pool party, at the bar, and everything, it's pissing them off even more. He gets this dude is just like talking, right? And just let, it smacks the dude across the head with it. I love how real it was, though, because normally in scenes, the bottle always breaks. And this one, the bottle didn't even break. Exactly. I'm waiting for the bottle to break because it always does. And it didn't. And it looks so real as he's hitting the dude in the face and you're seeing the blood. You, you're seeing his, basically his face being caved in. And I have to say, though, he deserved it. Yep. He deserved it. You're taunting this man. Yes, I, I do agree with you. I think that's also how the guy with the twisted T felt whenever he woke up the next day, probably. <laughs> but, you know, he had every right to hit him. I'm sorry. I, if I had tickets, those tickets are not cheap either, especially in the 80s. Exactly. And when you look at it, those are ringside seats. Exactly. That's like taking seats away from Frank Lucas. You did not take that away from Exactly. Him. Exactly. But, you know, and then also, too, Rick also gets him a, uh, gets a Jewish star chain. Oh, that's right. I thought he was <laughs> Jewish. When I saw the chain, I'm like, Oh, okay, so they're Jewish. I didn't realize he just was wearing a chain. Okay, this is me. I'm thinking like a 15-year-old. Okay, I'm I'm thinking, (laughs) you you got it because you like the design on it. You don't know what it means. Right. And you also feel like that you belong with this crew. So a six-point star could mean more than just a Jewish star, according to him. Right, right. So, him getting the Jewish star just meant like it's a six point star, which could call right. like bloods and you know, like the bloods and then the Crips kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That could be a symbolism for what he, where, even though it's not the Crips and Bloods within this crew, but to him, it could symbolize something more. Yes. And everything. Yes. So, I was just and it's funny when his dad brings it up to him what he's wearing. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I even, I mean, when his dad brought it up and was like, you know, what are you? You Jewish? Like, what What are you doing there? You got the, you know, he's like, remember Rick looks down because he doesn't know. He, Like you said, it could be exactly what you said. He just thought it looked cool. Six point star, you know, not realizing until his dad points it out. And it's like, you know, tell, telling him what the star is. And yeah, I thought that was funny. I did too. He's like, so you met a nice little Jewish girl though, huh? By your own <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and Rick, Rick is like, huh? what, what are you talking about? Because the star, Rick, the fucking star. What, do, what, That's what, right. do, what do you think it means? <laughs> you're you're going to convert to Judaism uh, to being Jewish? Because I didn't That's know right. That <laughs> he was lost. He was lost. And I was lost too because I was like, like honestly, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's wearing a star," and you know, yeah, not realizing he's a fifteen-year-old kid. <laughs> he probably thought it was cool. Right. Yeah, that was funny. That was really funny, and I love the little bitty funny parts that you do get in the film. You know, yeah, I'm always in. I'm a big fan of uh, you know me and dark humor. It always goes together. Yes. So yes, absolutely. Com- comedic stuff like this, I'm just all over the place with it. I'm always laughing my ass off at it. <laughs> to be honest with you. You should hear my soprano stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh my gosh. Um, because trust me, whenever I'm doing my soprano stuff, my Boston accent yeah. comes out when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are from Boston. Yeah. So That's my right. Italian Boston side comes out whenever I'm talking about the sopranos. <laughs> I'm have to check you out on that, John. <laughs> All right. I'll send you a link after this. <laughs> Please do, please do. I will. Please do. Um, <laughs> I will. 
and also too, I forgot to mention this. Rick also sleeps with this other girl named Brenda, and everything. Right, right. So remember the pigtails? He said, "You know, I liked you whenever you were sitting in front of me. I was always looking at pigtails." I'm like, "That's Wait, right." You went to school. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, right? And but, she was know, just I a really sweet went... girl, really nice. I don't, and you know, they don't, they only show them that one time at the theater. Right. And, you know, and then after that, you don't see them together as much until obviously later on in the film. Right. And 1986. When Brenda's in 1986. Tells Ricky, right. And then this is also, of course, when Brenda's, bro- um, Brenda's brother tells Ricky that Brenda has, has a daughter named Kish- Kisha. And that Ricky is, yes. the, is the father. I love that kid was so cute. <laughs> he was. That kid was so he... adorable. I mean, when he showed up mm-hmm. at the door and he starts talking his talk, I'm just dying because he said, don't make me come back here. And I'm just <laughs> like, it was a good part. It was really good. But, mm-hmm. but before that, though, didn't before that Ricky end up getting shot? Because remember, yeah, his, his yeah, friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, yeah, before that, remember, he gets shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky actually gets shot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he gets shot and everything. Yeah. I forgot about that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He wants a, yeah, because Nug goes to his house and he shoots him in the stomach. Yes, and comes over to hang to... out and shoots him. I was shocked. Yeah, shoots him. And at that point, I don't even know if he was going to live or not. Be right. Because it looked like he died die. on the floor there, you know? Right. And then uh, Snyder informs Ricky that they have enough evidence to raid all of Johnny's safe houses and ask him to forget about the shooting in exchange for dropping all charges on his father. So Rick yes. actually negotiates. Rick Jr. does. He's good at negotiating when it comes down Absolutely. to him, his father. So I definitely yes. love that. I also loved, um, we're going to get into this other thing in a minute when, after they get done seeing the baby and stuff, but yeah. there's actually a little co- comical part, though, that I really liked about it, though, too. Um, and Rick thinks he's still going to be able to go to school because Rick wanted to go back to school, and his father goes, you can't go back to school, Rick. You you got <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the teachers <laughs> think that there's more of a chance that the kids could get shot too with you being at the school so no that's school right. for you <laughs> that's right I was like that's so wrong that is so wrong because he finally had decided you know what I'm going to listen to what my father said I'm going back to school poor kid can't even go back because they're scared that he's just going <laughs> to they're going to come after everyone after school if he's there so right. no school for him exactly and then, like I said, a year later, that's when the little boy knocks on the door. He says, yes. you knocked out my sister. What are you going to do about it? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and, yeah. and you, is that your dad? Yeah, that's my dad. Okay, so that's grandpa right there. You're going to be a grandfa- grandfather. How do you feel about that? And he just looks at Rick, and the, the kid was great. The kid was great. He was. Also, too, whenever he pulls up to the house, he knocks on, after Rick goes in, he talks to Rick Sr., <laughs> knock, knocks on the window, and he goes, hey, grandpa. What's going on? He's, and he's like, Grandpa, what? At this point, he still doesn't know what's going on. Rick kept that. Yeah. And, and doesn't uh, think that, you know, that, that Ricky has a baby, you know, like it's real. Right. I or think his. the realization hasn't hit him. Right. Exactly. But I think he's thinking that he's going to see a friend that happens to be pregnant. And the kid is just messing okay. with him. Hey, yep. Grandpa, that's just me on how right. I viewed it. I don't know if you viewed it right. differently. I just, I thought maybe he just, I thought maybe the dad just was like, it's not his baby. Okay. Maybe it's just not his baby. It's maybe it's a mistake, you know, a possibility, but maybe it's not his, his, his baby until, you know, uh, you know, the dad ends up coming inside. Well, first Rick sees the baby and beautiful little baby. And, and, you know, you believe it's his, his baby because there's no reason the girl's not out there like that, you know? So um, when Matthew, comes in, uh, Rick's father comes in and sees the baby. And remember, he makes this statement, and I remember freezing up thinking, oh, God, he doesn't believe it's the baby. But he remember, he says, uh, um, there's no way that can be Rick's baby. And I was like, I knew it. He didn't think it was his baby. And then he says, 
because right. she's too That's beautiful true. to be Rick's baby. Yeah. So, yeah. That that's really cool that he played it off like that, though. To be honest with you, now that I'm remembering the scene, and yeah. And at first, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. is this going to come off as being racist or how is this? I thought come off? because, <laughs> because Matthew I thought that too, John. Right, <laughs> because I'm thinking conservative <laughs> rifles, AK-47s. Um, yep. You're selling to yep. black people, but yet you're right. also trying to cover that part up by being racist at the same time. But right. he doesn't do that. He actually just accept, accepts it for what it is and everything. Exactly. Which I thought was really and good. I'm so happy you brought that up because I thought that too. I thought when he said that, because I'm thinking that, like I said, he don't think that's his, his son's baby. So when he makes that statement, I'm like, oh gosh, here we come with the racist part. And then he's like, she's just too beautiful. And it melts my heart because I'm like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Because you live around, you're in a a neighborhood that's of, you got black people, you got many different types of people. So you guys have been around black people, you know, and he comes off and says that. So that was awesome. I'm glad they hit hit us with that twist because we've seen it in every film. Yeah. Everything. So I'm glad they didn't do it this route. I'm glad they fooled us with it. Yes. And I thought it was very well said. It wasn't forced. It was perfectly well executed. Whenever he exactly says, he has that. And, and when he picks the like baby the, up, and he's so yeah. happy, you know, uh, Grandpa is so happy to be a grandfather, and he starts talking about how he used to rock Rick and and all that. And I just I love that because it wasn't about race. It was just. What a beautiful baby, and it's my son's baby, and I love this baby. Exactly, and then also so too, that now so has that was great. To live for. Exactly, so that was that was absolutely great, and then of course after that, I think that's when they're heading on home, and they get into isn't that when they get into the car accident, the ice on the freeway? Yeah, but uh, there's actually a little comical scene that I really liked that I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. <laughs> Because Rick, I, I know what it was like being a being a single parent and everything. I didn't even want I didn't even want you or your sister. Right. But I learned That's to right. deal with it and everything. <laughs> but it's gonna be okay. It's gonna work out in the end. Because how is it gonna work out in the end? Because I'm pissing through a, a colostomy bag. Your oh, that's on crack. And <laughs> he goes oh, right, man, right, empty kind of guy. <laughs> that's right. That was awesome scene. Absolutely funny because that's true. How. You know, you got two kids that are basically fuck ups. You know, right. um, we're not the all American family. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, that was I forgot that scene absolutely. But yeah, now <laughs> we go into 1987. Okay. And this is where Rick is going into it, selling crack again, and resumes the role that Johnny left behind because now Johnny's yes. in prison. So twenty years, yes. You know what's crazy though? It's amazing how he actually transforms into this kingpin now. If you think about it, even though the headlines quote him as a kingpin, but you don't really yeah. figure that this kid, who's now maybe seventeen, maybe eighteen years old now, yeah, a kingpin at an early age, <laughs> because he's not really flashy. I mean, he has the one chain, no. but who didn't have a chain? You know what I mean? Right. He he's not doing anything. You know, he's not going and buying cars and buying all this stuff, even though you know he has the money to do that. But the fact that he convinces his dad to go into business with him. Let's just get some money. Let's just do this. Let me do the drug thing. I'll show you. And dad's totally against it, doesn't want to do it. But they decide to go ahead and do it. And it goes well. And I thought the funniest part was when the guys are all sitting around at the table and they're in grandma and grandpa's house. And grandma and grandpa are helping them with this. Oh yeah, I, I, that was, I was shocked by that. I wasn't expecting that. Right, which was smart in a way that they did it across the street, not in the house. I think they figured, well, if we don't help him, he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to get into even more trouble. So it's better yeah. to be here than go somewhere else and get into more trouble. At least over here, it looks like he's visiting his grandparents. Yeah, and it was smart, but the fact that they helped him, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Right. Okay, this is good. But yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But yeah, they go into business, and they do really well. They do. As a matter of fact, they actually get a, they actually open up the video store, like they say. 
like he said he was right. going to do. Right. And, you know, the father's celebrating. He goes, this is the future now. This is the video. Yeah. This is going to be the life. <laughs> Just imagine and, if they and were the, in, the, like, in the later 2000s. <laughs> it's not so great. <laughs> 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 Let's just say that Rick is gonna have to go back to like crack <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> to make ends meet. But right, you know, it's the eighties. That's why it's I'm the eighties for any movie. <laughs> it's the eighties. Oh my god, it's the eighties though. Right. Uh, the FBI agents <laughs> arrest Ricky, and is, he is held on drug possession with intent to distribute, which could land him in potential life sentence. And then Rick, for, uh, for, former handlers, deny the relationship, which I was angry about. I was so pissed at that because I thought, first of all, you guys are so wrong for getting this kid into this. This kid was not doing this. This kid was not into drugs, not doing that. They are responsible for that. And the fact that this kid is facing life and the fact that also that they was like, there's nothing we can do. We can't really say anything in public. We can't. I couldn't believe that. Right. And even Matthew McConaughey is like, my kid was not selling drugs up until he met you. And then also, exactly. too, um, you're the ones who put that in his hands. And then the woman was like, nah. We, we, he, she's like, that's just one point of view. That that, that never happened. Ugh. And just completely wow. denies it. I'm like, right. ooh. I, I, and then Use course, that kid. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, I like how Rick Sr. turns around and he goes, well, I'll just go on ahead and go to the newspapers with this. He goes, who are they going to believe? Some 17, 18-year-old kid who was selling crack saying that the FBI made him do it? Right. So, yeah. you know, his hands were tied. You know, it was like, But he oh, trusted shit, his dad. To, and remember, the, the dad was the one that said, you know, Ricky, just let me do the talking, whatever. They get in there. His dad was, was the one that made that deal because he believed... Like, I believed that, okay, charges are going to be dismissed because he this kid went, he did what they wanted him to do. He, he set up the, the, the he you know, with the with, um, Johnny's girlfriend, had her protect the shipment that was coming in from Miami. He did exactly what they wanted. They got who they wanted, but they didn't get the mayor. That was the biggest thing. They wanted the mayor. And that was the biggest, they wanted the mayor, and that did not happen so this kid is facing life and the, how they just basically dropped him off, made a deal with him, and then they're in court. I could not believe that sentence. On top of that, though, his name is mentioned on TV, which was not supposed to happen. Oh, Ms. my gosh. Right. And they yes. The mayor because of that. <clears throat> yes. But the, the when I'm sitting there watching that. And you're, you're watching the, the whole family, grandma, grandpa. And, and by the way, we failed to mention, they did get the sister. She did end up getting off drugs, and, and that was great. Right. So they did yeah. do that. So they're sitting there watching the news report, and I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, wait, they're saying his name. Why are they saying his name? And you know after that, I'm thinking he's going to get killed. He's going he's gonna to die. Something's going to happen because they're not supposed to mention his name. That was not supposed to happen. And I thought he was going to die in prison, to be honest with you, because he would be a bigger hit in uh, prison than he would be out on the streets. Exactly. When you think about it. Because they, they said he, that he was working for the government. He was an informant. They right. said that on the TV. So everybody knows. So I knew for sure something's going to go down in prison with him. There's no way he's living through this. I also like how Rick Sr. also confronts the two agents about the deal, but they feel uh, their ignorance is actually, uh, their ignorance is bliss, if you think about it. Um, right. Where they they don't want to face the, uh, the consequences of their own actions by doing this to this kid. And even right. the grandparents were mad about it. Yeah, it was, it was wrong. And, you know, the scene where the dad is in the bar and the, 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 the detective or agent is there. And uh, the dad's pretty pissed off. And he's like, you know, I don't want to talk about this. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working or whatnot. The agent looked like, to me, it seemed like the way that the camera focused on him, he had the look of, um, he knew they were wrong. He knew they fucked up and there's nothing he could do. He knew they were wrong for what they did to this kid. Exactly. And remember, he says, he'll get out. He'll get out someday. 
He's young. And he's young. And that's what he yep. tells me that. He's young. <laughs> I'm like, what What are you talking about? He's young. But I'm still not thinking the kid's going to serve the sentence that he served. I thought that he was going to maybe do six years to get out until the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm like, are you right. kidding me? That's how you know how bad the justice system is. They only are out for themselves, and that's it when it comes down to that. The corruption on some of the corruption Absolutely. So he spends, what, 30, over 30 years in prison? Yeah, and holding the record for the longest prison term for a nonviolent offender in the state of Michigan. And he was released on parole in 2017. His father passed away in 2014. His daughter, Kesha, is now happily married with two sons. Right. And I liked how... And he, and 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 he, he, and he stayed in contact with his daughter throughout the whole time he was in prison, but like you said, when a voice recording comes on and you hear him, the real Rick talk, I felt so, it was so sad, John. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just so sad. His dad died. His grandparents died while he was in prison. And to be there that long for a nonviolent crime. Exactly. And also too, let's not mention this. Um, the father said, this is what Rick senior said to the lawyer he said that with the attempted murder, he goes, what about the attempted murder thing? He goes, he would actually do less time for murder than he would be doing for the drugs. Right, right. Which is and, to also, and to also find out that uh, Johnny, who got 20 years, all of them got out way before, before Rick got out. They exactly. were all released. And, also, and yeah. It goes to show you that, you know, the, ju- the justice system is corrupt when it comes down to that. And also money talks. Yes. Though, too. And yes. You know, I want to go back to that whole entire law where Johnny tells Rick, you'll be doing white boy crime versus the crime that we do. But you did less time than what uh, Rick did. Right. And very true. Way less time than Rick did. So that that was not the truth. That was not that they thought. But no, it wasn't. They did their their time and got out. And that boy sat up in prison for over 30 years and didn't 1988 to 2017. Yep. That's crazy. It definitely is, because the last time he saw his daughter, I like how he kept out with his daughter, of course. And of course, his daughter gets this Dom visits him in prison with Kesha as, as well. But yeah, I, yeah, he missed out on so much. He missed out on his dad passing away, which you know nobody yeah. really wants to see that. But still, yeah. he missed out on time, more time with his father, and everything. He missed out on uh, life with his uh, daughter, right? And also too with his uh, girlfriend slash maybe wife now. That's right. So, That's right. Well, no, no, no. She remarried. She remarried. She mar- she married somebody, or was like yes, the, the, somebody. Yes. Um. Also, you can imagine how his dad felt, you know, always telling him, we're going to fight this. We're warriors. We're going to fight this. We're going to get you out. How must his dad have felt that it didn't happen after six years? It didn't happen after 10 years. And it's 2012. You know what I mean? 20, the years are going on and your boy is still in prison. You, they, I, he, they never thought that he'd be in prison still. Right. Yeah. And and by the way, everyone that was involved, the, the FBI agents, all that, it did say that they all got released from work. Yep. Yeah. That's a good thing, but it's a little too yeah. late. You still have a kid <laughs> up in prison. Exactly. That's that's where I'm, way, yeah, exactly. The way I see it is this. You, re- you ended up releasing them from their jobs, but you're not going to release that kid from that because now you know the truth. Now exactly. You know the truth you're still letting that kid rot in there. That yeah, that it, you know, he did thirty years. Good story, great story. I'm happy that yep. they made this movie. Um, it, um, never heard of this 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 white boy Rick until this movie, <laughs> and to, to watch the story, to to see how much time he got, you just you you feel bad for him, and and yeah, he the the, the government got him, got over on him, and and they introduced this to him. Yep. Also, too. Yeah. Um, when was the first time that you saw this movie? I'm just wondering. I saw it for the first time this morning. 
Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I wa- um, I wa- I watched it this morning and um yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had this on my DVR for a while like the very first time I saw this movie, I didn't see it in theaters or anything like that. My aunt mm-hmm. and uncle were visiting from Boston and my uncle just happened to have it on. And I didn't see it from the beginning, but my uncle did. He goes, mm-hmm. have you seen this movie? I said, no, I haven't. So I was invested in the story in the middle of this, which I hardly ever do. I don't ever see a movie from the middle because it's <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> because why would I invest my time into a, uh, missing out on 15 or 30 minutes of the film when I don't know what happened in the very start of it? But it got right. me interested enough to where I'm like, okay, whenever this comes on again, I'm definitely going to hit that record button on my DVR. And, you know, and I wound up watching it from the beginning uh, a couple of years ago. And then it came back on again. Um, mm-hmm. I had this recorded last year and everything on my jeans. Wow. So <laughs> I kept it on there. Wow. So I'm glad I kept it on there for a reason because I always like going back and watching it. Well, um, Netflix on April 7th, will be releasing um, um, White Boy Rick, the documentary. Oh. Yeah, I I cannot wait. Yeah, there you go. We should, because I can't wait for it. Um, When I saw that, because I was looking for the movie on Netflix, and it wasn't on Netflix. Then I went to Hulu. It wasn't on Hulu. So I ended up buying it um, on uh, YouTube. And so, but so when, but, uh, when I typed it in on Netflix... White Boy Rick came up, but it said coming April 7th, White Boy Rick documentary. And I'm like, freaking yes, because I cannot wait to see the documentary. Me I too. think we should totally do that. Yes, definitely. Because I feel like this is a documentary. I want to know the difference between the movie and what yes. this is. Yep. So, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do that. Okay. <laughs> you know, All we'll right, watch, cool. We'll watch the episodes if it's an episodic type of deal. Uh, we'll go ahead, watch the episodes, and then we'll okay. schedule a date on when to do it. And then also, too, if it's just a one-shot thing like the Biggie Smalls documentary that me and the yeah. other independent rapper did, we'll just schedule yeah. a day on when, we, when we'll do it. Okay, that's cool. Hopefully it's episodes so we can watch each episode and do it. But either way, I can't wait to see it because I'm like you. I want to see the real story, the trial. I want to see the pictures of the officers. I want to see all of it. Me too. Same. So. Same here. But, but thank you for recommending this movie, though. I mean, you recommended me some. Welcome. So you recommended some good movies to me, and this one was a really good movie, John. Just a really good movie. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. It's highly underrated. Nobody really talks about it. I love that. Yeah. But it's just why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it's a good movie. Of course, my one of my friends, Charlie, who's actually the admin and everything, he didn't really care for. Um, like Boy Rick or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, nobody's really talks about this movie. Everybody talks about other films that Matthew McConaughey was in, but this film is like super underrated. I don't know if because of the fact that yeah. it was like mixed reviews, it was the problem. Maybe the mixed reviews got to people. Maybe like, yeah, I don't know. I want to check it out. It's a smaller film with a smaller budget. It barely made its money back because you take a third of the twenty six million that it made. Yeah, it goes to the movie theaters and stuff like that, and the rest goes over to the box right. office. It probably made about fifteen hundred dollars of that. Damn. Well, it. I. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm with you. I was like, Matthew had a great performance in it. Even this kid, you know, um, um, Richie Merritt, you know, and and the fact that you have a legend in there, Jennifer Jason Lee. I was just shocked that I hadn't heard about the movie. I, I saw a trailer for it once, and that was pretty much it. Didn't really hear much about it. Kind of just went away. Right, I think that's why I didn't watch it, you know? Kind of just, you know, got for me. Moved on. Right, and that's sad, though. I like underrated films. That's why I like introducing people to underrated films. This is why I like doing these reviews right. <laughs> so much. Um, well, this was a good call. Thank you. I do appreciate it. I'm glad that you're enjoying Just it. like The King of New York, that one was a good call. Or The King of Staten Island, I'm sorry. Yeah, that we. I probably watched it probably four times now, John. Awesome. I'm I love that, that movie. That was such a good movie, dude. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. That means so much to me that you enjoy that film because I like introducing right. people to new films and everything. Oh, yeah. Also, too, I know you're into horror, though, too. I reviewed oh, yeah. Wrong Turn, the reboot last night. And, yeah. Um, and let me just tell you, it is totally different from what we got with the original, uh, the original one. Yeah. Be, uh, matter of fact, if you're expecting cannibals in this movie, hillbilly cannibals, do not expect yeah. that. 
you're getting something. So it's not going to be as grungy as the first one. You're still going to get the like, gore factor in it, but okay. you're not going to get the cannibalism part with the hillbillies. Really? You, nope. You're going to get the traps. You're going to get everything else. There is maybe a little small part where, where it's a little bit of cannibalism, but not as much and heavy as the original. I remember you guys were talking about it last night, and you guys had yeah. mentioned that it's a, actually a PG-13 now? I wouldn't say it's rated R. That that was like a oh, is it okay? I thought you guys were saying we okay. Were talk- okay, we were just talking about uh, PG thirteen versus rated R. Uh, rated R. Oh, okay, <clears throat> okay. I was like, it's PG. They they really took a lot out of it. Then okay, All right. Right. but is it good? <clears throat> it's good. Okay, I was expecting not to go into this. To be honest with you, I was expecting less from this movie. To be honest with you, yeah. And then I came out of it like, okay, this was a really good film. Would I own it on Blu Ray? Probably okay. not, but. It's good for a rental from Redbox. Okay, cool. All right. All right. But let me know if, if you ever check it out or whatever. I would like to get your thoughts on it. Oh, I definitely will. I'll definitely let you know. And oh, you know, I love my horror films. <laughs> definitely. And I'll also tell you what. I'll send you a link to that Soprano Season 1 okay. uh, review. Because every, get this, usually every Monday we'll do, um, we'll go season by season of the Sopranos. Okay. And right now I'm doing season six, part one, but I'm not doing okay. it. I'm not releasing all the episodes yet. I'm actually putting it into oh, okay. one big, huge package type of deal. Where How many seasons would they have? It's six seasons, but it's split up into two parts. Okay. Okay. And I'm actually, we've done, we've done one through five. I'm on season six, part one of The Sopranos. As a matter of fact, I'm actually calling this... Uh, matter of fact, this is what I'm calling after I'm done with everything. Season yeah. six, part one, side A of The Sopranos. Okay, okay. So think of it as a cassette tape. Side A, you get yeah. part one, and then once we do part two, that'll be side B. Okay, I get you. I get you. So, so that's how I'm releasing it. I didn't release any of the episodes for season six. And as a matter of fact, Stephanie asked me this, which is the woman mm-hmm. who actually runs the uh, Sopranos Blueprint. She's like, yeah. You, uh, she's like this. Did you release any of the episodes? I said, nope. She goes, why not? I said, because I'm going to do this all at one time. I said, yes, <laughs> it might be big, but <laughs> I want this to be where people don't want to stop listening to it. Right. Okay. Okay. Which, which I have like 50 people that listen to uh, season five already, and that was like a two-hour-long uh, episode. It's pretty, it seems like it's really popular though. I mean, you've been doing the it Sopranos is. for a while now, and it seems like you you have a pretty popular thing going on though. Yeah, I do. We actually have a thing called Mafia Talk Mondays. So, yes, I'll be honest with you, John. I, I have not seen the Sopranos. Oh, you need to. I think I I know. I know. I have not seen it. Um, I yeah. I just I haven't seen it, and I think when I wanted to see it, it went off. That's when it was. It, right. it was over with. It went off the air, and then you know, it just like it escapes you. It gets by, and yeah. So I'm new to The Sopranos. Okay, that's that's great though because you can listen to our review of season one. Okay, and it may actually amplify you to make me want to check out season one. Absolutely. So, and it's kind Absolutely. of spoilerish, but we don't give out everything that happens. But because it's okay, been, pretty much we go based off a of memory of what we watched. But okay, cool. We, but I would say that once you get into like season four, five, and six, yeah, it gets very spoilerish. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to have to check it out, though. Okay. Well, where can everybody reach you at? Everyone can reach me on Instagram at McCree123Hotmail.com. That's M-C-C-R-E-E, Hotmail.com. You can also reach me on Twitter at Rossi Lynn Park one And Facebook, on my Facebook page at Rossi Lynn. Okay, and everybody, you guys can follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook. Underneath the same name on Instagram and as well as on Pinterest. You can also donate to the page and everything too. How do you do that? You just go to www.gofundme.com forward slash Movie Lovers uh, Movie Lovers Podcast over there. Go on ahead, donate five to ten dollars towards us. We'll appreciate that. Another thing too is. You can also follow me here on Stereo as well at Movie Lovers Unit. You can also follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit and also, too, on Twitter at John DeGorio8. Um, another thing, too, is, guys, coming soon, we're actually having merch coming. So 
We're going to be cool. uh, right now. We have two t-shirts that we're going to be putting out there and they're going to be $20 each for the two. One's a mafia talks t-shirt uh, with red with some uh, mafioso uh, people on there. And it's called mafia talks and it has my friends, Mike's name on there, Mikey P and then Johnny D. So that's going to be one shirt. The other shirt is movie lovers unite, which is just the logo going ahead. If you want to buy one or whatever, just go ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com for that. We're also selling masks, too, for $10. So whenever those come in and everything, I'm going to be selling those. We're, uh, if these things sell well, we're going to do a website soon. So stay tuned for more. Cool. So, yeah, I have a lot of exciting things and ideas <laughs> that I want to do. It sounds like <laughs> but, it. It sounds like it. Wow. Thanks. But Rossi, thank you again. I do appreciate you uh, being on the show as always. You've been a great, you're always a great guest. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, John. I appreciate you having me on always. You're very welcome. And always until next time, guys, it's been fun. It's been real. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. Goodbye.